Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. So some of you have been getting in touch with me, like, hey, what happened with last week's episode? Are you dead? Should you be? Gather round, plump little children. I've got a secret for you. All writers, and I mean all, are secretly or no morons. Aspiring writers often tell me the reasoning behind their pursuits. Money is never mentioned, nor the leisurely writerly lifestyle, nor the salivating thoughts of fame and respect. Gosh, those things. Not worth speaking of. No, the real reason behind wanting to write for a living is in order to change the world. Glitter drips from their lips as they say it. Mm, change the world. These false notions, gauche or no, are the saving grace of most aspiring authors. One learns early through cursory research that money is a laughable expectation. <clears throat> A small, small percentage of writers find their work published in a meaningful arena, and a small, small number of that small, small number find their work capable of supporting a middle-class existence, and a smaller, smaller, small number of those previous smallnesses will find riches commensurate with their expectations. So one learns early that writing, real, half-decent writing, is torturous baloney. The words don't come, the time slips by, the writing that seemed glorious on the surface has a too ripe middle, and suddenly you've got a document too sickening to swallow. The maggoty heap of filth you wrote two months ago must be revised, recycled, abandoned over and over again until it can garnish a stunning three out of five star recommendation on Goodreads. It's fine. One learns early upon a plain second thought, in fact, that a writer's laughable chances at wealth and leisure are dwarfed in comparison to their chances at respectability. Ask anyone their favorite author, I can count the likely answers on the fingers of one hand. Even astute readers might not know much more about you than your name. They don't want to know what you look like what you talk like, who you vote for. They come to you as a John to a prostitute. They pay you, get what they want from you, and leave. Should your name be one remembered down the centuries, and I've stood in the mansions of authors who are now forgotten, your writing will be a curiosity so disconnected from the context of its time and location that its original meaning will be entirely lost to all but a few scholars. And that's to say nothing of the coming nuclear holocaust, the demonization of the intelligentsia, the inability to forgive a human being his or her, their slightest indiscretion, pardon, I repeat myself, which shall wipe your memory so thoroughly from the face of the earth that even God in heaven will have to scratch his most holiest noggin at the mention of your name. But of course, you're not so base. You write to change the world. You write to make people feel something. Well, good for you. Writing doesn't change the world. Remember required reading in high school? That means every dingus you've ever met has read Charles Dickens. 
the kid who read for Jason and Medea now shows off his astute political opinions in the 45th comment on a three-year-old YouTube video. And, you know, best case scenario, if your literature inspires somebody, it'll probably inspire them to shoot John Lennon. There are enough books out there to inspire folks without your help. Like, you're stealing also readers away from better, more inspiring authors. Are you telling me you deserve reading time over Dostoevsky? I actually have never read a Dostoevsky book all the way through. I was just looking for an impressive name. Writing, it makes people feel. But it makes them feel something very specific all the time, which is hatred of you. As in no other form of media, you are intimately connected with your work. Your skill or lack of skill will annoy everyone who reads your prose. If a single phrase rings untrue, it will ring over and over in your reader's ear. If you write beyond the level of a reader, your prose will be mocked for its impenetrability, for its braggadocious, highfalutin pretensions. If you write exactly what your audience needs to hear, no more, no less, they will fume at the pedestrian mass market chill they assume you to be. Three out of five stars. So it stands to reason that there's no reason to write. Anybody who writes is a moron. You know this. You know in your most cogent moments that you're an idiot. You are the memories that make you shudder in shame. You are the flawed, insignificant leavings of a decadent and rank society. Your ancestors fought lions and you paint seashells. Well, there's one reason to write. There's people who enjoy writing. You may find pleasure in crafting a compelling narrative, a poetic phrase, a riveting character. You may find intense delight in crafting a story that you yourself would want to read. You may feel that rush. You may feel more sorrowful or more triumphant while writing and reading than you ever do elsewhere. That intensity is all you should expect. And if you chase that intensity with no illusions that anyone will ever pay for, care for, or read your words, I think you should do it. Whew, so why that pretentious thing? Whatever that was. Well, because a lot of people have been talking to me about finally writing that great American novel with the free time and government checks you might have come in. Kaching. No, I know it's a terrible time. And in general. I'd say you should go for it, for the right reasons. So there's a, a bell, you know? It's a bell that hangs over the camp where Navy SEALs train. The third week of SEALs physical conditioning is known as Hell Week. During Hell Week, candidates participate in five and a half days of continuous training. Each candidate sleeps at most four hours during the entire week. They run more than 200 miles. They do physical training for more than 20 hours a day. And all the while, there's this bell. If you want to make Hell Week stop, all you need to do is go up to that little chime and ring it three times. And then, to the sound of a Taco Bell commercial, you are done. You don't have to hurt anymore. You don't have to be a Navy SEAL. And when somebody rings that bell, it's beautiful. It means that someone who wasn't cut out to do a certain job doesn't do that job. It means that a soldier won't break and put lives at risk when pushed to the limit. 
It means that the warrior can go back to normal life, a life he was better suited to lead. All that said, the reason behind the delay in episodes is threefold. First, that I've been asked to engage in some very needed work during a time of global crisis, and having in my past nailed shut the coffin on several relationships by spending too much time writing and not enough time being human, I realized that my career ambitions or world changiness are nothing compared to human lives, both my own and others, and having realized this, I'm not about to erect the author's dozen project over the literal graves of sick peeps. I'm not so arrogant to say that people need me, I'm also not so arrogant as to ignore people who'd be better off if I was a little more considerate about my time. Second, that it's just generally and honestly an unproductive time. I think you feel that. But Paul, you squeal, hasn't this been the time when you'd be most at home and most able to do writing work? But you ignore the whole point of the podcast that habits matter and that disruptions in your life, disruptions you're surely feeling, reveal not the habits that you wish you had, but the habits you actually have. And to be frank, I've not yet gotten to the point where writing a book every month and doing this whole show and doing media outreach and whatnot is habitual. I've fallen back onto bad habits, not the good ones I'm attempting to foster. That's not an excuse, but maybe it'll help you contextualize why we're all acting so weird during the virus. Stripped of the typical social conventions, we become what we were already becoming. Maybe crisis brings out the best in you. Maybe it brings out the worst. You're bowling without bumpers now, riding without training wheels. You're about to find out the bad and good habits you've built up. Some of my habits are substandard by my standard, but I'm glad to know about them. I'm glad to understand weak spots so that my next crisis finds me bowling and biking straight, but not at the same time, hopefully. Third, my engineer has just had a child, a bebe. And even if he hadn't, our studio and everything else is closed. So I've been trying to find an audio editing program that works for me, but Adobe has helpfully decided to go to a subscription model, meaning that all the Adobe programs that I learned for countless hours and legally purchased back in the day are no longer valid in the eyes of gods and men. Luckily, um, I found a way to record on a program that doesn't work on my computer, but does if I, like, open Terminal and, you know, mess with code? What is code? I don't know. I copied and pasted some stuff, but it's working. It seems to work. If you're hearing this, it worked. So lucky me, I can lease um, this sort of semi-functional thing. But that's actually what I love most about writing. You may in your life do something that deserves appreciation, deserves to be paid for, deserves to change the world, but Deserving doesn't make it so. Your work, whatever that work may be, may not receive what it deserves. But I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The writing comes cheap. It comes if you've got literacy, a spare minute, and a pen. You might not even need those. Some of our earliest best stories come from people who probably didn't know how to read or write. Iliad, Odyssey, Genesis, Axe Cop. But it's time to bring this digression to an end. If you're listening, you've got the tools to tell your story. Who cares if it goes anywhere or does anything? It will absolutely go toward 
the person over whom you have the most control in this life. It's free, yet priceless. But there are some who don't view writing as a hobby. They don't view it as a joy in and of itself. There are people out there who want to be a Navy SEAL for the wrong reasons, to be famous, to be respected and loved. And to those people who value their personal glory and gratification, hardship is something to be avoided and despised. And when somebody rings the bell and gives up trying to be famous or respected or rich or loved, it's a beautiful sound. Some idiots will keep going because they were built differently than most people. They still hurt, they still suffer, but what you and I would call torture and idiocy isn't such a big deal to them if that's the price of doing what they need to do. So if you feel that in some way you are benefited by your village idiot, there are a few free things you can do to help. Like, share, subscribe to everything they do. Give all your local businesses five out of five stars. Give all your podcast and YouTube and Goodreads people five out of five. It costs you nothing, and even if it did, you should do it anyway. Go drop your village idiot a few pennies if you think it's worth it. Maybe they really need it right now. Maybe they just need the money to turn around and give it back to someone else in need. My local improv theater just let go of their staff 10 bucks on their GoFundMe. I won't miss it. I kind of owe it to them. The lady with no job who needs a ventilator to breathe? Damn what you think she deserves. Maybe you could give your life savings, maybe a nice text message. I don't know. Just don't hoard what God's given you right now. Be a fool. Be a moron. But don't be stingy right now if you can afford not to be. That's all I've got to say. Back to our regular schedule next week. Thanks for indulging in my digression. On that note, I just want to take a quick second to thank everybody who's rated the podcast five stars, which is all but one of you who is rated at four stars. You sicken me, you four star -er. Um, No, seriously, it's great. Thank you guys so much. Um, thank you for sharing it around. Um, uh, especially the books. It's been awesome hearing back uh, from people who have read the things and uh, take some joy from them. So that's been great. Thank you so much. Um, and I will see you guys next time.